How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 13 of The Way of the Wolf. So I was reading a Harvard Business Review article this morning, and the title of the article was What Amazing Bosses Do Differently. And while I felt it, it actually covered some pretty good content, I decided I want to go ahead and share some of my own thoughts on this topic. The one thing that I would change is the word bosses. I would replace that with leaders. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is strong leaders have the ability to clearly communicate and articulate their vision and thoughts. This is something that's extremely important for teams to be able to get behind their leader and the mission and the things that they're, they're trying to accomplish. And when I say articulating your vision and sharing that with the team, that mission has to be more than just survive. Because the next question that will come is inevitably, okay, how? How are we going to survive? It's important for, for you to be able to convey the why behind it, and go a step further than just survive. You need to be able to share, hey, we're going to survive, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do this, we're going to do this, and this. Here's our high-level objectives. Once you've set those objectives, at that point, you start delegating and allowing members of the team to figure out the minutiae of those details, figuring out how we're going to accomplish your top-level goals. That way, they get their sense of empowerment and buy-in. But the big thing, really, is being able to share your goal, mission, and your passion behind it. You need to be able to share that passion in a way that ignites a fire in your team so that they know that they're part of something greater. They know that they will make an impact on the team, in the business, and hopefully grow in the process. Another very, very important thing that strong leaders do is listening. Don't just talk. You have to listen. You have to listen to understand, not to respond. You know, thinking about this, I've had a, a boss in the past that he struggled because every time I or any of my peers would sit down with him and have a conversation to explain a situation, talk through challenges. I could read his face. I could see that he was just just waiting, just kind of chomping at the bit, waiting for me to stop talking so that he could continue to reiterate his thoughts and continue to tell me what needed to occur. He never took the time to truly understand. And that was tough. That was very tough, especially when you come in and try all sorts of different tactics to help him really understand the root cause of an issue or a challenge. So that was tough. 
you also have to consider that when you do listen, it gives you the opportunity to create a safe environment where people will come to you with feedback, with guidance, with ideas. <laughs> Oddly enough, that same boss that I was just referring to, I can vividly recall having a conversation with him one day. And I went into that conversation with the intent of sharing feedback about how the rest of his other teams felt and struggles and challenges that they were having. And part of my feedback to him was, hey, I think it's important for you to be aware how you are perceived with everyone on your team. They're scared of you. They never know what's going to happen if you're going to lash out or if they've done something wrong or what's going to occur. His response was, well, they should be worried. Now, I don't have to tell anyone on that's listening to this show that that's definitely not the right response. In any event, listening, creating that safe environment where people can provide feedback, and then making sure that you truly understand and comprehend the problem that the team is going through. And then finally, I think it's important that you care about each and every member on your team. You have to be able to coach and guide and mentor all of them to ensure that they're successful. You have to know these people. You have to know what drives them, what they're passionate about. I think it's important for you to know, hey, Johnny over here just wants a sense of, of purpose and inclusion. Angie, on, on this side, she just wants money. And then maybe Fred just wants more time with his family. Maybe he's got a 10-month-old daughter and just really wants to spend time with his family. That's great. But as a leader, you need to know all of these people and what's driving them. That allows you to kind of tailor your approach to ensuring that they become successful and ultimately the team becomes successful. You know, another thing that comes to mind for me when it, whenever I think through caring about each person on the team, and this one's tough, but you have to be able to let them fail. You have to support them whenever they do fail. Obviously provide guidance and advice even if you see the potential of something going very badly and they're just heading down this wrong path, you need to let them make the decision and let them fail. I know that sounds, sounds a little bit backwards, but that's how they learn. So while... Okay, let's just run a scenario. If they end up making a decision that does kind of blow up in their face, at that point as a leader, you've got to provide cover fire and you have to ensure that they have all of the tools and support necessary to successfully navigate their way out of that challenging situation. All this kind of falls under the vein of, of caring about the team and ensuring that you're doing everything you can to 
help them be successful. You know, actually, I want to go back to the importance of knowing each person on the team. Because as your role grows in an organization, as you lead more people and more teams, it kind of turns almost into a game of chess. And you have to know the strengths and weaknesses and what each person brings to the table and why they bring it to the table to make sure that you're moving these chess pieces around to ultimately win. So those are kind of the, the three big things that come to mind for me as far as what amazing leaders do. Now I'm going to transition a little bit. I've started to receive questions from some of the listeners. And so I think in each of the podcast episodes, I'll take a, a few moments to talk through the questions and then just kind of share my thoughts. So one of the first questions I've actually received when you want a leadership role, but haven't gotten the opportunity to do so yet, how do you get there? So I know I've shared my story about stepping in and, and leading the HR team. And my guidance here is just start. And when I say just start, you lead where you're at. It doesn't matter if you have people reporting to you or not. If you aspire to be a leader, you've got to start. How do we do that? We start leading the people that are our peers on the same level. And you can also start leading up. That one's a little bit tricky. But once you start leading your peers and gaining confidence, it gives you the opportunity to start having those conversations and guiding and leading up. You can do this by building trust. Building trust with your peers, with the people on your team, and building a reputation for delivering results. You know, there's, a, there's actually a really good book by Liz Wiseman called Multipliers. I, I love this book. I refer it to anybody and everybody. I mean, it's a little bit of a long read, but it, it's just fantastic. So the concept of the book is basically, well, it talks through kind of surveys and, and, and data gathering that had occurred over a period of time, years, maybe even decades, I can't recall at the moment. But, and there were, there were people that they were getting feedback from and they were asking, hey, your best boss that you've ever had, what output did they get from you? And then also the worst boss that you've ever had, what sort of output did they get from you? Now, not surprisingly, when people have bad bosses, their output is 40, 50%, sometimes lower, sometimes higher, but you're not getting the most out of somebody. And then they started getting feedback from good bosses. And people would come in and say, well, they got 110% out of me, 120% out of me. And at first, they kind of threw those data sets out or those uh, data points out thinking, okay, well, the most you can do is 100%, so 110, 120, those are just anomalies. What they found is they started consistently getting that feedback. And as they started to scratch a little bit deeper below the surface and started to do more research, they came to realize how these bosses and leaders were able to get more out of their employees. 
Because let's just say Jane is operating at 100% doing this, this, and this. A strong leader comes in, helps build them up, develop skills, hone their craft, give them exposure to other leaders. Well, now she's operating at 110% of what she used to be able to do. So what happens is you start gradually raising that bar, raising that bar, and you just become stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's where they kind of came up with the concept of, of multipliers. Strong leaders multiply the capabilities and outputs of those around them. So whenever you kind of layer all of this stuff together and, and start leading your team and your peers or even leading people outside of your team and start leading up, inevitably what's going to happen when senior leadership starts looking to fill the role, the first place they look is to see who's doing that job already. So you may not have an open position to apply for or to step into, but that doesn't mean you can't start leading today. You can't start helping those around you be successful, become that multiplier, and your opportunity will present itself. So I've got another question here that I want to talk through. It says, as a leader, do you reach a certain point and stall out or outgrow your surroundings? When you do, what happens next? How do you know which steps to take or when it's time? So first question, absolutely. The rate at which you outgrow your environment or your surroundings can vary drastically. But on another recent podcast that I was on, I started talking about the importance of surrounding yourself with excellence because we are the sum of the, the five people we spend the most time with. So once you do this audit and inventory of yourself and your environment and realize, huh, maybe I have stalled out, it's time to start seeking out new, stronger leaders. And I have no doubt that when you do, those strong leaders will help you grow. You need to find them people that will be brutally honest with you and that will coach you and guide you. Not somebody who's just going to hoorah, cheer from the sidelines. I mean, you need that, that from time to time, but... You need to find people that are going to be brutally honest and say, hey, you're really struggling here. And they do it from a place of caring. So seek out new and stronger leaders to surround yourself with. Read books. I've started reading quite a bit. Now, I do struggle with this because I find myself being extremely busy. So I flip between audiobooks and reading books. And, but there's so much great content out there. Just start reading books, look at reviews, get referrals from friends. Actually, I just referred one here just a few moments ago. Multipliers, great book. The importance is that you're constantly growing and evolving. Now, it's not easy. I know I regularly say there's no growth that occurs in the comfort zone. It's going to be tough, especially if you have to start shifting those 
people that you normally spend your time with and replacing them with, with others that can help you grow. So hopefully that answers uh, the, the, these questions. I actually really appreciate whenever people do send in questions, thoughts, and ideas. So I got really excited about these, and I'll start doing this on a more regular basis as far as answering questions that get submitted to me. So in closing, I want to talk through how to be an amazing leader, clear communication, listen, and caring about your team. Those are three, three big ones that I think are, are vitally important to being not only successful, but a great leader. All right, everybody, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Please feel free to contact me at sean at thewayofthewolf.com. And you guys have a good one. Thank you.